0: Welcome back to a special edition of HR Talk. This week, Ricky Baez is going to take you on a fantastic journey through his time at HR Florida and with some key interviews with great stakeholders that he had the opportunity to sit down and talk to. I'm currently on assignment. And I'm JC. My pleasure to always be here. But unfortunately today, I don't have that opportunity. So without further ado, please welcome the man, the myth, the legend, the guy with more post-nominals than he knows what to do with. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Ricky Biles. All right, JC.
1: Thank you, sir, for that lovely intro. Really appreciate it. Hopefully you're enjoying your day off or an assignment, whatever it is you want to call it. Um, God, I really do have a lot of post nominals and, uh, I'm at a point right now with my post nominals where I'm not looking forward to recertify It's Actually, I'm not going to recertify with SHRM. I am going to recertify with HRCI, my, uh, uh, senior professional human resources certification, my SPHR. So I'm looking to actually at the end of this month, I need to get that going. Anyway, this is Ricky Baez coming to you live for the, from the A1A Beachfront Studios in sunny Central Florida. Not today. Today is pretty bland and it's been raining all weekend. It's weird. It's like last weekend it rained here in Orlando and then through the week it was perfect. And then the weekend hit again and it rained again. It's almost like it's on the calendar. Um, But uh, it's uh, it's a gloomy day. The Giants lost to Chicago. Oh well, the Bills won to Miami, so I guess that's a good thing. Um, But it's a really interesting day here on this Sunday in late September, mid to late September. So... I really wanted to show you guys the the interviews that a senior executive Lucy and I did, the last two interviews that, that she and I did at HR Florida 2020 at the Gaylord Palms. So now this next person, his name, actually, let me tell you about the organization. The organization is called Safe Hire. And the owner, his name is called Jesse Plunkett. And what they do, this is actually pretty interesting. What they do is they have a service um, in the HR space that they will vouch for you um, as a reference, which I never thought something like that existed. Whenever you go interview and you give them your resume and you, uh, some you know, some people have on the resume references upon request and then maybe the, uh, the potential employer would pick up the phone or email and call the references, this organization um, does that but to the a much higher degree. I'm not going to say too much about it. I'm going to go ahead and let Jesse Plunkett explain it. So this is from day number two or three, I guess, from the HR Florida 2020. This is Senior Executive Lucy, myself, talking with uh, Jesse Plunkett, owner of Safe Hire. Check it out. We're still here at the Expo Hall, and we are talking to very special guests. one right in front of me right now. His name is Jesse Plunkett. And Jesse, what organization do you belong to?
0: We have SafeHire.
1: SafeHire. And, and what does SafeHire do?
0: Uh, SafeHire is a web platform for applicants to go to their past employers and receive references very easily so they can provide those references to the companies that they're applying for today.
1: Oh, so it's a, it's a referral program? No, it's not a referral. It's a referencing program.
0: Yeah, very similar. Okay. So our our customers are actually applicants, not employers. So applicants use SafeHire to send a reference request to their past employer, and they provide their past employers full legal protection using SafeHire to provide them a reference for what they would like working together. So their past employer provides them a written reference using SafeHire, and then... That applicant can then provide that written reference for every place that they go to apply in the future. And there's, there's probably better, no better hiring information in the world for what someone will be like when they work at your organization yeah. than what they were like when they worked for their previous organization. But employer references are unbelievably hard to come by, and we're trying to yeah. solve that problem.
1: So, so, let me, so I just want to make sure I completely understand. So I'm going to go work for Lucy. Right. So she's hiring me. But before I even go through the interview process, I'll go to you. And I'm like, hey, man, I've, I've been fired from my last 18 jobs. I need to get reference. And you can help me out with that. I probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So, so if,
0: if Lucy is considering hiring you, mm-hmm. Lucy's probably got 200 applicants applying yeah. for this same position. Okay. You really want that position. You need a way to stand out. Okay. Now, if you had terrible experiences at other employers, they're probably, one, either not going to provide you a reference, okay. or two, if they are going to provide you a reference, it won't be a reference you want them to provide you. Yeah. So, True. So yeah. using SafeHire, there's, there, there's no good way for you to use SafeHire. You're not a SafeHire applicant. Got you. Okay. Um, you you're not going to be one of our customers. Okay. Our customers are exceptional applicants. They were great workers for their past employers, and they're eager to share the experience of their past employers with future employers. They know, Lucy, you're an employer I'm trying to get employed with today. You don't have time to call the listed references of all 200 applicants. In fact, it, it's wildly inconsiderate of those 200 applicants to expect you to call all of their Ooh. listed references. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, right. You don't have time for that, nor do you have time to even validate that the people they listed as the references are their past employers, not their buddy or their brother. Um, and even if you do, Call all 200 listed references of all those applicants you receive. Most of them are only going to verify for you that the person actually did work for them and their dates of employment and nothing more. Right. And so we live in a world right now where most companies provide the exact same reference for the best employee they ever had and the worst employee they ever had.
1: That's a good point. It's awful.
0: We want to fix that.
1: Okay. So I get that. So if I'm huh, so I go to you right because I it, it, in other words you're representing me as an employee right so that's right so it's how do you validate that the information I'm telling you is legit how do you because I could get fired for sexual harassment but I'm telling you I was the best employee they had so yeah. how do you validate
0: that yeah that that's a huge problem so right now uh, LinkedIn allows recommendations on their platform and endorsements yeah. and and so. We've kind of made a joke about it with my wife. On my wife's LinkedIn profile, she has a, ref- a recommendation on there from two people. Her mother, who has a different last name, so you would never know it's her mother, and my sister, who has a different last name, you never know, she's my sister. Both give her a glowing recommendation on LinkedIn. Huh. There's no validation there. Right. My wife, uh, she owns a medical spa. Um, so uh, they offer plenty of, of uh, spa-type services. hmm they don't do waxing. Somehow she wound up with 6 endorsements for waxing on her LinkedIn, many from people she doesn't know. In fact, my wife now has 7 endorsements on LinkedIn for hostage negotiations. <laughs> what?
1: I mean, is she good at that? I mean, I don't know. Is she? I don't know. She's never it? she's never
0: negotiated a hostage. Oh,
1: okay. Right.
0: Yeah. See. Maybe, yeah, maybe
1: she's great at
0: it. Yeah. Some. No one really knows, but but somehow as a medical spa owner, she has seven endorsements on her LinkedIn for hostage negotiation.
1: Why? Wow. It really is unreliable, though, yeah. because um, uh, it's it's. I'm, God. I'm glad. I'm glad you're not talking because. Um, I did a presentation about three years ago about that exact same thing. How on LinkedIn, people give you endorsements, and I have no idea who they are. It's reciprocal. So, yeah,
0: they want you to do it for them. But
1: they don't understand that's not the goal, though, right? Because to me, I want a legitimate, authentic, real recommendation. And if somebody who I've never met says, Ricky is great in training and employer relations, how the hell do you know? Yep. Or Ricky's great in employer relations. I'm like, the only reason you know that's because I fired you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, we, we want to solve that. So LinkedIn right now is a, LinkedIn is a networking platform. Yeah, so right. if people accept reciprocal endorsements and recommendations, um, they expect if they endorse you, you'll endorse them. Um, if they're a salesperson trying to sell you something or they're a multi-level marketing platform, they'll endorse you, they'll mm-hmm. recommend you, and they'll hope that, that they'll be in your good graces. And that's good for a networking platform, but it has zero validation purposes. And so SafeHire is, we have no networking properties. SafeHire is all about validation. So when an applicant wants to use SafeHire, and by the way, I should throw this out now, yeah. employees don't pay us anything. Okay. Um, applicants are our only customers. We give applicants a phenomenal way to stand out to the employers they're applying to. And so we're here talking to employers today to give employers a way to find more SafeHire applicants. And, and so later on, I'll, I'll tell you how employers can help themselves pre-identify more exceptional applicants using SafeHire. So SafeHire is all about um, helping the best applicants put their best foot forward. Mm -hmm. So to get a reference from a past employer, using SafeHire, an applicant will send a reference request to their past employer. Now, when they send a reference request, our system will not send a reference request to a personal email address. The system will literally not send to an at Yahoo!, it won't send to an at Gmail. Yeah. It can only go to a business address. Domain, got you. That's right. Okay. Um, so I've got an example here. They, they won't be able to see it on the podcast, of course. But this is what it looks like when one came from my wife. And so when they publish the reference, you can see exactly who sent the reference. So this is Carly Plunkett at FOYmedSpa.com. So when the future employer sees the, re- the listed reference, they can see exactly who it came from. So when the person is sending a reference request to their past employer, they provide their past employer explicit consent to provide that reference. They're sending it through SAFIRE. So they're also first, before they send it, they're going to sign for their past employer a full release of liability for anything that they say in that reference. That was
1: my next question. Okay.
0: So when they send that that email request, accompanying it is a three-page e-sign full release of liability for that employer to say whatever it is that they're going to say. It provides complete protection for the person who makes the reference, and for the company. It is wildly thorough.
1: Wow! So, so, so that was that was going to be my next question because the first thing I'm thinking about, you know, my team, I've got a a, an, an an HR team, and I always tell them, be careful. When you get called for references, because we don't want to get hit with libel. Yeah. We don't want to get hit with any kind of slander. Because if we say, no, this person got fired because he or she did A, B, and C, other person doesn't get it. Now we have to spend $20,000 to prove ourselves right in court. Yeah. <laughs> right? So that's why a lot of organizations just say. Just tell them who they are, when they started, and when they left. And that's exactly what you but, said. And
0: that's why your best workers ever get the same references same from you as your worst yeah. workers ever. And that's, that's clearly a broken system that it we're is. fixing. All right. So they send over this uh, explicit consent for release of liability in a link to provide them a safe, a safe hire reference. The employer will click on that link. It'll bring them to the ability to provide that written reference, confirm their actual job title. Um, so most people, of course, well, a lot of people, I don't know about most people, they exaggerate their job title, they exaggerate dates of employment. Most people look at their resume like an, like an online dating profile. You know on, on somehow on everyone's online dating profile they're they're gorgeous <laughs> yeah. and they're charismatic yeah. um, but when you you know when you meet them in real life somehow it, things are different yeah. mm-hmm. people like that on their resumes they they exaggerate That's
1: a good point. Yeah, and
0: what's really awful is when I research this online what I find is all the articles talking about why you shouldn't exaggerate and lie on your resume it's not because you won't get hired it's because you'll probably get hired but yep. 6 months later the you'll job won't work out and it'll be bad for you. Well that's not good for employers. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to hire someone because they couldn't find out the lies and find out in six months. Everyone lost. Mm-hmm. So when someone provides a SAFIRE reference, they're confirming your actual dates of employment, your actual job title, but most importantly, it provides that former uh, superior, workplace superior or HR officer either can provide a reference. It provides you the experience of what it was like to work with that person. They give an actual written recommendation or reference, and they can be as, as detailed as they want now, if they say, and then when they're done writing that, they send it over to the applicant. So the person writing the reference does not publish the reference. They just provide it back to the applicant. It's then up to the applicant whether or not they actually want to publish the reference on their Hire account. So the, the person who wrote the reference, that past employer, they're not a publisher. For a defamation claim to occur yep. legally, there have to be multiple <laughs> independent requirements, and they all have to be met. So for a defamation claim to actually be met, you have to have maliciously made a false claim of fact that is found to have been injurious to someone. Now, someone can bring you to court and say that you did those things, even if you didn't, and they can still bring you to court. You have to have published a, f- a known false claim of fact with malicious intent that was found to have injured someone. So with SAFIRE, we dismantle every single part of that. With explicit consent, the full release of liability, and the fact that it 's the applicant who actually decides whether or not they're going to even publish the reference, so we 've completely dismantled not just one but every single part that is required for a defamation claim there's no part left standing
1: that that right there deserves an applause there, Lucy I was waiting for you <laughs> but it does, but you know what people can 't see what you have here, but I mean it's i'm looking at this screenshot and it almost looks like a Facebook
0: profile
1: with a resume, and it's like a dashboard of somebody's yeah. profile, right? So is that how it would look like when people open their account?
0: Yeah, that's a SafeFire profile. That's exactly what it looks like. Okay. So when you, when you type in someone's um, mm-hmm. uh URL, their web address, that's where you're going to find. So you're going to find the written references from their past employers that they decided to publish. And then, and by the way, employers don't pay for any of that. And actually we wanted to make that completely free for every applicant as well because we want to change the system. So applicants also don't pay for that. Oh, nice. The way that SafeHire generates its revenue is a lot of our applicants, they get the reference first, and then they see that SafeHire offers uh, assessments for soft skills. So soft skills are often neglected skills in the hiring process. Yep. A lot of companies do pre-employment assessments for hard, uh, hard skills, technical skills. You know, If you're applying for a computer position, they may give you a coding test. So mm-hmm. that's very common but what often isn't tested are soft skills. So how, how you work with other people. So we've built some phenomenal assessments for testing soft skills. So these are the things that really matter when you work with someone. These are skills like active listening, written communication, attention to detail. They are all wildly important. So if a Safire applicant is using our platform, they already collected the reference and they're able to provide that to future employers to stand out at no cost. And they wow. see, you know what? Everyone always tells me, I'm a great listener. They can take our active listening assessment. It's
1: $2. Really?
0: Yes. Um, our goal,
1: like $99 or something yeah. like that. It's $2. <laughs> see, because I'm a great listener because I heard two bucks. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what I heard. Okay, look at that.
0: Our goal is not to make a lot of money on any one applicant. Our goal is to reach millions of exceptional applicants that's how we'll make a great company. That's how we're going to change the hiring process is we want to reach millions of applicants.
1: So I, I, you know, I got to be honest, man. So I'm walking around. I'm watching all the, all the, uh, all the booths here. Uh, yeah, It's a relatively small event, you know, compared to how it normally is, but it's really intimate, right? So I saw you guys, and I'm not going to lie. Um, I saw how you guys, how you have everything laid out. Your, your, your colors are green and white, and you guys are fit, right? So I'm thinking, oh, that's a workout company. That's an employment wellness. And then you started talking about safe I'm like, wait, wait, hold up. So they don't work out? I mean, I think you was guys were well, like a health. Because that's exactly what you guys look like.
0: Yeah, we're, we're finding because, so we're, we're a new startup. Um, okay. We started in March when we saw that there was going to be. You started it? Real empo- unemployment. Yeah, we, we're the owners. Okay. And my wife and I. Okay. Um, and, uh, so we saw in March there was clearly going to be a lot of unemployment. And there was going to be a lot of unemployment from people at no fault of their own. Yep. People who have contributed to a company for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Those people deserve to stand out when they're trying to find a new position now. Those people do not deserve the exact same reference as the worst employee at the company who they used to work for. They deserve better than that. And we wanted to make wow. a solution for them. The way that we first came up with the, the concept behind safe Hiring making it easy for employers to gather and share references and making it liability fee for employers to provide them is when my wife was hiring um, for a position at her medical spa for a manager position, we received 300 applications for that position. Um, We didn't have time to go through that many. We knew there were so many exaggerated claims on there. We had no way to verify. Um, We had about Fifty people actually give us listed. Re- What's remarkable is how many people didn't give us any references at all. They said references upon request, which is d- just as a side note, it's astounding. They wanted something from us. They wanted a job, but they told us references upon request. I mean, <laughs> if we're going to a restaurant, you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna dedicate two hours of our life and you know fifty two hundred dollars on at a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, imagine we want to go find reviews for that restaurant. We want to make sure we're allocating our resources properly and. They have online, they've blocked their Google reviews, and it says <laughs> ref, reviews upon request.
1: <laughs> well, That's I, a good point, right? Why,
0: <laughs> why would you make it so? You want something from me, yeah. and you're making it hard on me? Yeah. What a turnoff. That um, makes sense. So we knocked them off immediately. And then we have a, a good number of people as well who gave us listed references. They said, um, here, contact this person, here's their name and phone number. I worked with them. Like I said earlier, we don't know if that's their buddy or their brother. We don't know who that person is. And we can spend a bunch of time calling those people. Most of them, if they actually did work with them, they're going to just give us, yeah, they worked with me. Here are their dates of employment. Here here was their job title and nothing more. Mm. Um, One applicant, she gave us three written references from her past employers she put some real work into getting those. Yeah. She didn't have safe Fire, So it was a real process for her to actually collect those written references yeah. from three past employers. They were exceptional references. And then we called those people, or, or we, we emailed them. They had their, their email list on there. And uh, we verified um, who they were, that they really worked for, that she really was as great as they said. Um, she was considerate about us, the employer. She realized we were getting a bunch of applications and we didn't have time to call everyone. Boom! She problem solved for go. us.
1: Yeah. There you go.
0: We hired her. She was our best hire ever. Yeah. Oh, absolutely! The written references about her were right, and she deserved to stand out. And I'm glad that, for some reason, for her, she was able to get those references from her past employers. Um, we want to help more great workers get those references. Uh, we we think great workers should have their contributions recognized. And we think employers should be able to recognize those contributions without fear of liability. What a shame. It, it, you know what, Jesse? And, and it, it's, um, there's a lot of companies out
1: there that they, they have really good ideas, and, but they go in it for the wrong reason. They just start a company just because they want to make money. I mean, I'm not saying that's the wrong reason. Some of them are successful. I get it. but Thank you. <laughs> that was really loud. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, entrepreneurs like you, who got pissed off at a process and you're, you're passionate about the solution for that process? That's the entrepreneurial spirit that really gets an organization gaining that much traction, right? Yeah. Because that's one of the questions that I ask. Um, whenever an entrepreneur comes by the booth and I'm like, it, 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 so what happened in your life? that says, I'm done with this, this is my solution, I'm going to run with it. So you just explained that, right? So is your wife still running the medical med spa? Yeah. That's still happening? Okay, and you're doing this?
0: She'll finish her her doctorate in, she's a PA now, she'll finish her her doctorate in uh, regenerative medicine uh, this year. Um, So yeah, she's going to keep running that med spa. Wow,
1: so she has her
0: education going, you got this business going, you got that business. Look, in
1: about... 35 minutes lucy's gonna go to a session all about time management so are you teaching that because you're doing <laughs> <laughs> you're doing a really our, good job at managing real. all this that is not me our time management <laughs> could
0: could use improvement we we tend to go to bed at 3 a.m and oh my we, god we could use some help there
1: <laughs> yeah well it's happening here in about five what, 10 minutes or so so all right so jesse how can people reach you
0: Um, They can reach me. They can find our website, first of all. It's safehirecertified.com. Okay. And we have three phenomenal animated explainer videos on our website explaining how we work. The reason we're here talking to employers, even though employers don't pay us anything, is because we want to help connect employers to their best applicants. We want to help employers pre-identify their best applicants. Okay. Employers can do that at no cost by using their online application portal. Every employer with an online application portal has a past employment section mm-hmm. where they ask their past employees to input their past employment information. If they add an optional SafeHire URL field for when an applicant is going through that section, people can just open up a new tab, go to safehirecertify.com. They can create a profile in 30 seconds, input that URL into the application portal, mm-hmm. finish up their application portal, and afterwards go back to SafeHire Certify, send out the reference request to their past employers who are completely protected and providing them that reference. That's awesome. If they want to, they can take skill set assessments. They're $2 each, and that's how you build a safe hire profile. That's how employers at no cost can help find more safe hire applicants and have better information to make hiring decisions on. That is
1: awesome. All right. Is that you? Is it? Oh, I'm sorry. It, that, that, that is. That was, you know what? I'm so
0: sorry. I I thought I thought you were like playing us out on the on the, no, no, <laughs> on <no>. the <laughs> podcast.
1: I know you, Did you see me? I'm all like No, she's looking it? and I'm like, "Wait a that minute." Was a that was a timer I set on
0: my phone, oh. I, I hadn't realized.
1: Because I'm like, I don't remember that ringtone on my phone. No, no, you're good. you I, I,
0: I started <laughs> speed talking there because I thought the music was, was playing no, us no, out. No, no,
1: you're good. You're good. No, okay. So people uh people can go to safehire.com. You said safehire right? certify.com. certify.com, right? And you're also on social media on Twitter and Instagram no or? just
0: safehirecertify.com
1: ok got it so that's how they can reach you perfect so I'm going to go on there I'm going to check send me, out.
0: they can send me an email at jesse at com. roger that and I'll take your card because I put that
1: in the uh, show notes as well so Jesse thank you very much for your time I really do appreciate it Lucy, did you know that was a service that was out there? No. I I did not know that. So I'm glad I stopped by, (laughs) right? And and we had that conversation because I'm definitely going to look into this and I'm definitely going to push this because you're right. There isn't that that glue that brings employees or candidates to employers. And as a former recruiting manager, you're 100% right. If I got 500 resumes in front of me. Then who am I? It's I need something to help me out with that, and that yeah. definitely does stand out. So that is a really good service. I wish you the best of luck. We're definitely going to stay in touch. So Thanks, thank Ricky. you very much. Thanks, Lucy. You thank guys you. have a good one, guys. All right. All right, folks. We'll come back later on. Have a good one. Well, how was that? Pretty interesting, huh? I've, I'll tell you what. I've been in HR for about 19 years, and I have never seen a service like that. Whenever I interview or people interview with me, there's always the references upon request on the on the either the application or on, on the resume. But definitely there's some innovation and creativity that's uh, that's under the hood of this organization. So best of luck to Jesse Plunkett over at Safe Hire. You can reach him at SafeHirecertified.com. I'm going to go ahead and put this on the show notes. That way you'll be able to get a hold of them. Um, after he and I connected over at the event, I went on the website, play around with it. Um, it's actually it's really intuitive, and um, I could see it adding a lot of value to both the employee, I'm, excuse me, to both the employer and the candidate experience. So awesome stuff. All right, coming right up, we have Ms. Liz Antaya. She is the account executive for Stahl Associates Insurance. Um, So she's in employee benefits. And, you know, when it comes to HR, uh, it's employee benefits. It's one of those things that people just mull over. They really don't pay too much attention to it unless you really, really need those benefits. And I'm talking about if you have a really dire health concern and uh, obviously benefits is top of mind, but for any organization and, if you're going to hear Liz, Lucy, and I talk about it. For any organization, uh, it will be of the of that organization to show what a total compensation package looks like. So not just what the dollar is and. That goes into their pocket, but how much the organization is paying uh, for their health and welfare benefits on their behalf, which is something that some organizations just don't do. And they're missing an amazing opportunity to really show the total compensation package to the employees. That way, the employee can make an informed decision on whether they jump ship or just stick around. I mean, obviously, nobody works for free. But uh, too many times associates or candidates, rather, they take a look at what that take-home pay as a determining factor over everything else. But when you start talking about total compensation package, you get your take-home pay. You've got your health and welfare benefits, your fringe benefits, the culture of the organization, what kind of opportunities you have, what kind of training opportunities, what kind of career advancements are can you possibly have. And those are some of those things that organizations should really capitalize on and and capture and communicate that to the associates because there may be some things that their employees are not taking into account when it comes time to make a decision whether they should jump ship or not. So remember, folks, communication is key. Sometimes overcommunication is better than just regular communication, depending on what you're overcommunicating on. But anyway, we have Liz Antaya from Stall Associates Insurance. Check it out. We do have a special guest today. We have Ms. Liz Antaya. Hello. Hello from mm-hmm. Stall Associates Insurance. Right. And you're an exhibitor here, correct? That's right. All right. So tell me about uh, about Liz. Tell me about Stahl Associates Insurance. What are you all about?
2: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. Right. So I work for Stahl Associates Insurance. Um, but this last year, I have been working on a master's degree program for oh. um, health benefit design. So exactly what I do. Uh, it's out of the University of Lynchburg. Okay. So through that, I've been able to meet a ton of great people doing amazing things all over the country with regards to health benefit design. So um, I've, I've learned that um, health care is broken and there's a way to fix it. So it's kind of exciting because in the past, as a benefit broker... Um, you probably know the kind of, we kind of call it the dance. You have to come in and every year. Well, how bad was the increase, right? Yeah. And you have to present it to the employer and say, well, we, you know, maybe 20%, but we beat them down to 10 and you're supposed to be happy with that. And as a benefit broker, that was no fun, right? <laughs> Nobody likes seeing me coming. So So uh, there is a better way. And right. uh while you're in... You know, increasing the benefit cost, you're also oftentimes increasing the deductibles at the same time, right, bring, bring, bringing down the benefits. So um, there's a way. So I also became what's known as a Health Rosetta Advisor, um, got elected to that and, and entered into that. And so it's kind of a neat thing. Um, one of the co-founders is Dave Chase, and he's written a couple of different books. Uh-huh one is the op- opioid crisis wake up call nah. and the other is the CEOs guide for restoring the american dream because healthcare is is stealing the american dream wait i'm sorry the CEO's Guide to Destroying the American no, Dream. No, CEO's Guide to Restoring. restoring. <laughs> <laughs> don't we take, don't want to destroy, destroy it. Title.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what I heard. I'm like, wait a minute, that's an interesting title. So no, I, I'm yeah. glad I heard it wrong. Yeah. Okay. So it's
2: how to deliver world class healthcare to your employees at half the cost. So that's what we're all about. Okay. Um, so yeah. So it's been kind of fun.
1: So when it comes to benefits, and 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 this is benefits is where I started my career in human resources. It is, yeah. So I started in benefits, and one of the things that I figured out is that the amount of people that. Do not take benefits into account when making a decision whether they accept a position. Because some people do focus on the what's in their pocket, right? Right. The money, the take-home pay. But not a lot of people, some do, but not a lot of people really take into the overall total rewards program, right? Which involves benefits or fringe benefits. Because health and welfare, you know, for somebody who's healthy, they may not care about it. But for somebody who really needs those services mm-hmm. that are, by the way, skyrocketing every right. year, right? Right. In um, What I've seen a lot of organizations do to actually help employees make a decision whether they should leave or stay, they send out like a yearly summary on how much their benefits total cost, which is an amazing idea. That's very important to do. It really is. That way they can see it's not just your take-home pay, but people don't know how much employers put into their benefits program to make it affordable for you. Right. right? No,
2: absolutely. And that's a great point. As a benefit advisor, we really try to make sure the employees are aware because as an employer, they only require to pay 50%, but oftentimes they pay more of that employee premium. And so they don't see the real cost. Um, But it's crucial because especially when the job market was so tight that they understand what the true benefit package was. I think there's actually a lot of people still going into the workforce for benefits. Yeah. Um, so they yeah. do look at that and uh, they look at the benefits themselves as well. Well, actually, you know, when I
1: used to work for county government many moons ago, a lot of people did go to work solely for the benefits. They didn't care how much they got paid. But, you know, obviously it were, they were retirees to have a lot of medical bills. And county work back then was notorious for not having a lot of pay, but amazing benefits every right. time and benefits. That's right? true. So that's why they came over. But now that line, that divide, is starting to kind of fizzle away because we don't have pensions anymore. Right. right? It's right. almost some companies do. They got four hundred one k. God help you with that. Right. <laughs> right. right. And and then in benefit and just medical, health, and welfare just keeps skyrocketing and skyrocketing. Right. What do companies do to curve that?
2: So and that's a, a great question too because your last um, guest was talking about cutting costs right because um that's what people are and employer groups are having to do in this economy right now and one of the great ways to do it don't get rid of employees cut your benefit costs 20 to up to 60 percent with some of the um plans that we're putting in Mm. so the way to be able to do that is cut out some of the middlemen Mm. and go direct so um there's ways to be able to do direct contracting with um, um local hospitals or provider groups there's ways to do um even reference based pricing, that's kind of our last resort mm-hmm. because it's attacking and addressing the cost of healthcare, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, one of the fellas um, said that I work with, he says, the only way to pay less for healthcare is to pay less for healthcare. So, you know, the, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, sounds, I mean, it sounds crazy, but yeah. it's true, yeah. right? And so the way to do that is to be able to address the cost. So you could get a um, colonoscopy um, on one corner. For one amount, you know, maybe $500 across the street, the exact same procedure could cost $2,000. So
1: real quick, Liz, uh, people, I, I I, don't want our HR professionals out there to think you could get a colonoscopy at a corner. If you do, <laughs> please don't do that. <laughs> I know that's not what you meant.
2: <laughs> yeah, a facility on a corner. Um, so the point is, the cost of medical procedures vary so wildly. There's a um, a video on YouTube, and it's, I think, really funny, but it's... It, it, Sends a message. What if we bought groceries the way we buy healthcare? Right. I mean, like, there's no price on anything. You never know what the cost of anything is huh. until after the procedure is done, and then they're like, "Oh, and you'll get the bill in 30 days. Good luck figuring it out." Yeah, right. Yeah. So it, it's it's about knowing the cost ahead of time and there, you know, just hammering it down so yeah. you know before it, and and that's the way to address the cost of healthcare. And so you're not going to pay, you know, maybe 10. 20 times percent of what Medicare pays, you're going to pay something reasonable uh, for the cost of care. So that's what we're doing. Um, And we're trying to make it more transparent and just a better experience overall for everybody. Yes.
1: Good Lord, yes. Because let me tell you, I'm glad you said that. Because when my wife and I go to, to the hospital or a doctor and then we get all that paperwork and right. you open it and, it and big letters, this is not a bill. I'm right. well, So why do I have this?
2: Right, why Right. you scare
1: me with all these big numbers? Explanation and if it's not a of benefits.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And nobody knows how to figure it out. So it's trying to make it simpler for the employee, the end user, right? A better experience. And we can also work the plan design such that we direct them and kind of steer them to what we call centers of excellence. Okay. So the best providers are... Actually, um, the most efficient, and so they cost the least. So in healthcare, it's inversely related. We think, and everything else, if it costs more, it must be better quality, right? Yeah. Not so in healthcare. Yeah. So um, we create a good point. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and, and, and you don't really think of that, but and, and it's not their money, the employees' money; it's the employer's money, especially when we're talking self-funded plans, right? Um, so we try to direct them and give them the tools to know where to go, uh, so they get the best care at the right place, at the right time, at the right cost.
1: So for the people out there listening right now who don't know the difference, because uh, you said self-funded, self-funded. plans, mm-hmm. and then fully insured, right? Exactly. Yeah. Can you yep. explain the, the difference to the yeah, listeners? Absolutely.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um, a lot of groups and good size, um, large groups in Florida are fully insured, which means you just pay your premiums to the carriers and we call them the BUCAs, the Blues, United, and the Humana. The BUCAs? Yeah, the BUCAs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, you pay your premium regardless of claims and that's really a passively managed carrier built plan. What we're suggesting is more of an employer built actively managed health plan so self-funded is when the employer foots the bills for the claims but you have true transparency you have data to be able to create programs that helps manage those costs you know the the bucas are actually just paying the bills they're not questioning anything they're not help manage those claims at all and it's your money they're paying the bills but it's they're, they're not the payers. You're the, the employer and the employee, employee are the payers. They're just the administrators. So
1: how would that work then? Because if the organization is paying for these actual claims, does mm-hmm. that... Not does that not also imply that they have to see what kind of procedures were done for their employees so they know Right, to but pay? it's
2: all HIPAA um, compliant. I was going to say, yeah. yeah no, I um, yeah, yeah, so you do get a ton of information being self-funded because it's your data, yeah. right? Um, and you do, of course, have some um, reinsurance in place or stop loss. They call it specific stop loss and aggregate overall. So um, you're never going to pay um, more than you would in the fully insured market, mm-hmm. but you have so much potential to pay a lot less. Yeah. Um, yeah, so no, it's all HIPAA compliant, but you do see the, the the you know the issues that your employees have medically speaking, and you're able to do something about it and be proactive, put in the right programs. You know, wellness is great. It became a real buzzword and it's a nice thing to put in a place, but you're never going to see an ROI with that, a true savings. And we're talking seriously and we have clients doing it 20 to 60% off their health spend. And typically health spend can be number two, right? Right under payroll. So it's a huge spend. And, And like we said, all employer groups are looking to save some money and this is a great way to do it. And you're not cutting benefits, you're making the benefits better.
1: So, you know, one of the things that I noticed about 12, 13 years ago, I started to see organizations in order to curve the expense of benefits, especially with things that are brought up on from diabetes and you know just, just overall health and wellness, mm-hmm. what they started doing is that they started providing um, uh, uh, blood checks, right? So blood tests, and that way the employer doesn't see it, right? But if their goal was if we can encourage our employees, I'm sorry, the employer doesn't see it, if we can encourage our employees to get their blood checked, And if they can see the numbers on how good or bad they are, maybe that's the wake-up call they need to actually take some proactive steps. That way, in the future, benefits start dropping. Mm -hmm. One One of the things I started noticing is that a lot – because I'm thinking that's an awesome idea – But I never knew there were so many employees out there. Like I don't want them to know um, what I have. Big brother. Yeah, Big Brother's (laughs) watching. Yeah. I started talking to them. I'm like, "What do you think they're gonna do? Do Do you think that if the that that we're smart enough? to know that if your cholesterol is too high, we're not going to give you that promotion? It doesn't make sense to No, me, right? it doesn't
2: make sense, but you're right. Certainly that, uh, I think, mentality was out there. Um, but you have a great point as far as um, know your numbers. We've had um, you know different health fairs and different things where um, they had biometric screenings and people didn't know that their cholesterol was hugely high or maybe their blood pressure went directly to the hospital. So yeah. it is important to know your numbers so that you can address the issues that need to be addressed, but I think a lot of the health plans and designs today are a barrier to care. Um, People don't understand, maybe they haven't been explained to, that of course preventative care, if it's coded that way, is um, truly paid for 100%, but um, if it's anything beyond that, they don't want to have to pay that high deductible that most of the plans are offering these days. So um, the majority of Americans have less than $1,000 in their health savings. Um, So when they have a deductible, three, four, five, six thousand dollars, they're not going to want to um, get the care that they need because that could potentially bankrupt them. Seventy percent of um, bankruptcies wow. are based on medical bills, and they had um, um, health insurance through their employer, so it's just crazy. We need to. Um, How many percent? Seventy percent.
1: Seventy percent of bankruptcies are because of medical bills? medical bills.
2: Hospitals actually sue patients. Wow. Yeah. So um, wow, yeah, it's wow. kind of sad. So we're trying to fix that, and uh, we're doing it in a lot of um, communities around the country. So what it's exciting to be a part of that. So like I said, I became a Health Rosetta advisor, yeah. and through that, I met a, a lot of great people. Um, I've become a member of Mitigate Partners. So it's a group of about twenty agencies all across the country, and so we collaborate. We're agencies just like um, Stall, but we collaborate with each other and um, implement these programs on, on a local basis. Mm-hmm. So it's great. Um, We don't compete. We collaborate. We call it co-opetition. <laughs> co-opetition? Co-opetition. Uh, is a great that. word? Right?
1: Next year, I'm going to have a t-shirt that says co uh, you're, you're completely, <laughs> give I'll give you, you all right. I'll give you 5% of proceeds. Here you go. <laughs> we'll negotiate. We'll co about it. Absolutely.
2: Well, not, not one person can know everything, right? Yeah. So um, it's a wonderful venue to be able to share, you know, best practices and things that have actually worked out in the, the, the workplace. So I got two questions that are burning mm-hmm. in my mind mind okay
1: the first one is what do you what advice do you give clients because i'm assuming your clients are organizations right Mm -hmm. that they want to provide insurance um i'm sure that it's as you heard robbie earlier talking about cutting costs because right now people are worried right they're worried about not oh actually now that i said that they're worried both about their jobs and their health care because some people are worried about the paycheck some people are worried about where am i going to get my medicine it's it's a legitimate worry And then you've got the uh, the business owners who're like, we got to cut costs, right? And they say, Liz, help me cut benefit costs, right? What do you say to them?
2: So it depends where they are today, but like I said, so many organizations are still fully insured. So that's the first sell is just explaining how self funded plans work, and. A lot of people are in that self-funded world because they're able to press the easy button. And to be honest, it is a little bit easier. You just pay all the money and they take care of everything as far as the administration, as far as the BUCAs. But we've tried to put together the best players um, in the market so there, there is a number of different players when you kind of unbundle it all and then build it back brick by brick, right? You're building your employer um, plan. So we've tried to, to pick and vet the best players, put them together. So it's like having an easy button, but you're able mm. to reap all the rewards financially and otherwise of having an actively managed employer bill plan.
1: Okay, so from an from an employee's perspective or, or somebody like me who, who gets that this is not a bill thing and just you read it and you're right, good luck figuring it out. Right. What do you give, uh, what kind of advice do you have for just a regular employee trying to understand this yeah. mess that it is health and welfare benefits these days? Well,
2: it's crucial at any stage in the game, not just at open enrollment meetings, that education is a huge component of the health benefit Um stage because anymore it's become complicated right it's a complex world and so they have to be able to understand their benefits and how best to utilize them especially if you're going to utilize something um, like a strategy like reference-based pricing they have to know um, how to best utilize it and so education is huge and like I said year-round not just at open enrollment meetings um, push out information to say look remember this and 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 The the center of our plans is a care coordinator, so there is a very um, hands-on approach. So they're reaching out to the employees and talking to them all through, um, you know, a certain case or maybe managing, like you said, diabetes or Mm -hmm. something that they're dealing with. So it's a very hands-on approach, and um, they're not in the dark.
1: What is the biggest... not the biggest expense what is the big the biggest claims you you're starting to see from each organization like is it is it uh, it's heart disease diabetes is it it's
2: so those are some of the, the biggest okay. um, some of the other biggest are in the pharmacy world uh. so some of the specialty meds that are out there now yeah. are insane so that's why it's really critical to have this unbundled um, situation because you have a transparent what they call PBM, Pharmacy Benefit Manager, where you're able to really manage those pharmacy costs. And there's some ways to be able to do it, but again, the Bucos are just paying these huge bills. There could be a um, one-month supply of a medication that somebody needs that costs $10,000, $30,000. Liz, that's insane. It's insane.
1: Why? Okay so, okay, so so you're the expert here, right? Because I can tell you my opinion as to why these prices are so insanely out of control. But from your perspective, why are they out of control?
2: Well, America is um, subsidizing the rest of the world, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You can get these drugs a lot of times in other countries for a lot less money. Yeah. Um, so we're working on that. Okay. And, you know, we're, we're hearing some things in the news these days um, with the administration trying to work on that and make things truly more transparent and if you were to see a graph of how the PBM or the pharmacy world works uh. from manufacturer to end user it's insane it's like a spaghetti map there's so many middlemen involved with that and of course each person in each group is getting their cut so again trying to cut out some of those middlemen is going to be able to help cut down yeah, yeah. the cost the end user as well as the employer who's put in the bill.
1: So, from the employer's perspective, how can Stahl and Associates assist that business leader who has that concern just by cutting off the middleman?
2: Well, they they hire us, <laughs> <laughs> right? Gosh, they hire I'm us. us. <laughs> okay, so
1: they they bring you on board. What makes you different than any other provider out there?
2: Well. Um as far as benefit advisors, yes. um I, I think we are talking differently. So we're not just going in doing the same thing every year. Um and just keep in mind, like when I Bring that sixteen percent raise, you know, increase. I just got a sixteen percent raise, right? So again, it's it's aligning. Um, right now, there's a ton of misaligned incentives in the industry, so everybody benefits when the increase uh, goes up, except for the employer and the employee. So again, it's um, making everything transparent. That includes the um, advisor fee, right? Making that transparent. Most people, if you if I went to my you know past clients and said, "Do you know how much I get paid?" They would say no. Because it's all built into commission, overrides, that That's sort of crazy. thing. So, yeah. That right. is so crazy. So if, if you kind of strip that out and make that transparent too, and, um, you know, some people are even saying, but no, I'm not getting those overrides from the BUCAs and all that sort of thing. So how about I get a, you know, percent, if I save you truly 20 to 60%, get a percentage of that, right? Yeah. So it's like a bonus. So, so it's just about being transparent. Uh, so
1: anybody listening out there right now, how, how can they get a hold of you? For more specific information about stall Insurance, Sure, Associates.
2: yeah, we'd love for them to reach out. So we deal mainly with groups 50 to 1,000 uh-huh. is kind of our sweet spot, and we'd love to talk to anybody who would like to learn more. Um, my name, again, is Liz Antea, and I can be reached at liz.antea at stahl, S-T-A-H-L, insurance.com.
1: Got it, excellent. Mm-hmm. All right, so folks, you heard it here first, Liz, Thank you very much for your time. Thanks so much. Give for me, having me one thing, one piece of advice you want people out there to really take in from you. Just one thing.
2: Healthcare is already fixed.
1: Healthcare is already fixed.
2: Just need to join us to replicate the fixes.
1: Oh, what a cliffhanger. Because now I'm like, <laughs> what the heck does that mean? But we got to stop. I'm going to leave it just like that. I'm going right. to have everybody call you. I'm going to make sure that I put your information on the show Perfect. notes. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. We'll come back later. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Well, folks, there you have it. Liz Anteya. I said Anteya. I apologize. It's Anteya. Um, and she is all about the benefits of the organization and how you Put that together in a package and communicate that to the associates and save money along the way. So business leaders, pay attention to that. I'm telling you, it it, it really makes a difference to an associate who's really thinking about jumping ship or just sticking around what kind of benefits or total compensation package they have. So uh, make sure you're paying attention to those key indicators and uh, keep your finger on the pulse when it comes to the associates, because at the end of the day, folks, that is your most valuable asset I don't want to sound like a broken record or sound um, cliche, but at the end of the day, I mean, regardless whether you're 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 providing a service, you're providing a product, um, whatever the case may be. At the end of the day, your associates are your most valuable assets. Sometimes you've got some valuable assets or valuable talent that are just not the right fit. But it's up to you as a leader to help them out, figure out where those uh, talents and skill sets could be better used within the organization. But it's all about being a leader. Uh, But that's not it's I'm not going to talk about that today because I could talk about that until I blew in the faith, uh, in the faith, in the face, the face of the franchise. We need to get him back on. I mean, I know J.C. is on assignment and cheese. I mean. The face of the franchise has been on assignment for almost a year now. We do got to bring him back. Hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, we'll get him on board. Um, the, it's School started again, um, and uh, the fall is here, I guess. I don't know. It was 90 today here in Orlando. So, I mean, I, I don't know how fallish that actually looks like, but October is right around the corner. So, this godforsaken year, 2020, it's almost over, and I just cannot wait. So, folks, with that said... Thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Next week, we're back on Scheduled with JC and myself. He's going to be still up north at the a1a Beachfront Studios north. I'll be in the a1a Beachfront Studios south. And, uh, yeah, we're going to bring you yet another show. With that said, thank you very much for everything. Appreciate it. Drive safe and good night. Have a good one. And I'm going to get me some brisket.